A town gets water after three years going without. That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. It has been a long three years since the residents of East Porterville, California, have been able to get drinking water from their taps. But last week, residents were overjoyed as some of the homes in the small town were connected to the water system of neighboring Porterville. Many wells on which they have depended have run dry during California's drought, and a new project is connecting East Porterville's 1,800 homes to the water system. Residents of the town, 75% of whom are Hispanic and more than a third below the poverty line have been relying on large water barrels on their front lawns, portable showers reminiscent of military camps, and cases of water delivered by volunteers. But now there is celebration as East Porterville is being hooked up through funding by the State Department of Water Resources. In other news about California Central Valley, a report released by researchers at UC Davis points out the problem of chemicals from fertilizers that persist and are leaking into California. California's aquifers. The scientists say that it could take decades to clean up the groundwater that has been affected by agricultural runoff since the 1940s. The nitrate problem is so pervasive that according to the Sacramento Bee, kids in some schools are told not to drink water from the taps and use bottled water instead. The contamination from fertilizers can cause serious medical problems, especially in the young. The Science Advisory Board of the EPA has released a final 180-page report that is highly critical of the agency's own fracking study. As listeners may recall, last year the EPA released a report saying that it didn't find evidence that hydraulic fracturing or fracking had led to widespread systemic impacts on drinking water in the U.S. That report drew much criticism from environmental groups and others concerned about the effects of fracking on water quality. The agency's Independent Scientific Advisory Board has now issued its final critique of the study. The board said that the EPA should actually supply some data to back up its conclusion about fracking not doing widespread harm to water. Alternatively, it should drop that conclusion. Hugh McMillan, a researcher with Food and Water Watch, sees the advisory board's report as a rebuke of the EPA and told State Impact that the agency should scrap its conclusion altogether. The EPA said in a statement that it will take the critique into account when it finalizes its fracking study in coming months. Last week, some people along the Colorado River system were breathing a sigh of relief. The Bureau of Reclamation said it doesn't look like there'll need to be cutbacks in water taken from Lake Mead in 2017. But the outlook for 2018 is not so good. It currently appears that curtailments will need to be made by reducing Arizona's allotment by about 11% and Nevada's by more than 3%. Some are praising conservation efforts that resulted in no cutbacks for 2017. Others are pointing out that proposed projects could remove more water from the river, exacerbating the shortage. As reported by ProPublica, those projects, if built, would divert more than 80 billion gallons out of the river. Advocacy groups like Save the Colorado praise the conservation efforts along the river, but point out that water suppliers are now trying to get every last legal drop they can before the red flag goes up. 
over 180 miles of the Yellowstone River in Montana have been closed because of a fish-killing parasite. State officials have banned everything from fishing to swimming to boating on the Yellowstone and its tributaries to prevent the spread of a rare but deadly parasite that affects the kidneys of fish and causes them to die. The closure came after over 4,000 dead fish were found, but officials said that the total number could be in the tens of thousands. Most of the species affected were native mountain whitefish. However, authorities received reports that some of the highly prized rainbow and Yellowstone cutthroat trout had also been afflicted. Wildlife managers said the parasite doesn't pose a risk to people, but that human recreation most likely caused the infestation. Boaters and anglers who move from one watershed to the next without adequately cleaning their gear can inadvertently introduce invasive species and pathogens into new ecosystems. In a press release issued by Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, the agency stated that their unprecedented action was necessary to protect the fishery and the economy it sustains by first preventing the spread and then giving the river time to heal. Montana's outdoor recreation economy supports more than 64,000 jobs and is almost a $6 billion a year industry. State biologists said the parasite doesn't represent a long-term threat to the river so long as there are surviving fish that can develop a resistance to future events. But those fish might have to adapt to other stressors as well. High water temperatures and near historic low river flows have intensified the outbreak. And finally this week, on the topic of fish, if you have an aquarium, you know how relaxing it can be to kick back and watch your critters swim around in their tank. But wouldn't it be so much more serene if you could actually join them? That's what a man from Israel decided when he built a giant 10,000 gallon aquarium in his living room, complete with a coral reef and an array of colorful fish, sponges, and sea stars. The wildlife enthusiast built the tank, which spans an entire wall of his living room, to enjoy while he relaxed in the evening. Come feeding time, he dons scuba gear, opens the hatch, and descends into the tank to feed the fish, who, as seen in his YouTube video, seem quite happy to eat right out of his hand. And he must have a lot of time on those hands. The filtration system located on the floor below has a complex technology that requires quite a bit of upkeep to work efficiently. But worth it, apparently. Relaxing in the evening in front of your own private reef sounds pretty dreamy. Add in some mermaids or mermen and you can charge for admission. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Looking for solutions to utility challenges? Get answers at AWWA's Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 30th through November 2nd. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash H2O Infocon.